Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market I think my record, I, I forget. I always want to say it's 47, but I think it's 27 seconds to take this thing. It's so easy to set up and take down. Um, it, it's so nice with the screens now and how it comes with workouts and things for the players to do. Um, you, you will not be disappointed in it. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400. You said it right. I, I went to them and I said, I got to take care of my people. Uh, 350 is not enough. You mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off your next purchase. So go over and check it out. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's what allows me to put this podcast out every day. It's what allows me to put all the free resources and things I do out into the world. It pays the bills. So go over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It is the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is everything that you need. You get my email address. You're able to contact me. You're able to jump in our office hours. You're able to find anything. If we don't have it, we'll find it for you along with a 14-day free trial. So go over and check that out. Also, we'd love if you love these podcasts. Um, we'd love you if you went over and checked out High School Hoops or the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or the Funnel Down Defense Podcast. We'd love if you go check those out. We'd also love if you left a five-star review. You know, we've got officials that come from all over the state of Alaska to the state tournament. They try to get uh, the Alaska School Activities Association works really hard on trying to get representation from all around the state. Well, that's the, that's the kicker. That's how you get them hooked. You want to get them on the big stage, and that's how you get them hooked. Exactly. It's like, but I'm thinking of Kodiak, if, the, if it's 10,000, there's only so many officials on a, on a, on a city of 10,000. There's only so many people that want to probably officiate. Um, but then when you get to the little ones, you're right. That's it. I just see that there's a problem with officials now, finding officials now. That's like, you know, with you have, you have the benefit, you have the, you have the hard enough to, people aren't going into it, all the, all the space. And now 
you know, at least in our area, a lot of the officials are older. I'm not sure they're going to want to officiate if we have football season. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to want to be close to those guys. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, especially in the pandemic, I don't know if they'll want to do it. So that all of a sudden, if you lose more officials, you're going to, <laughs> we can't play the games if we don't have officials. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a national shortage and has been for several years and in multiple sports. Um, you know, and I'm just thinking about the big two between basketball and football. Um, and basketball, especially because there is so much more running that goes along with it and cardio. And um, you do get, you do get an older population, just like with anything, you know, coaches get older as well. And there's a time where they need to step down and you know, they, they try to pass the baton. And um, unfortunately with the, the, this younger generation, we just don't, there's just not the, the desire to want to officiate. We, we try to do as officials in Alaska, we try to do a good job of, um, you know, I, I've worked several of, of Keith's games and some of, some of my, my pregame speeches or pregame talks with some of the captains are, hey, this is your last game that you're going to play as a high school student. Right. If you don't want to continue your basketball career or you, you figure this is going to be the end, come on and come on and fish it. You know, be able to give back something to the game that, that maybe has given you so much love uh, as, as a player now you can give something back as an official. What we've done, what we've done too, is we've worked, we've really tried to work the college because Wisconsin's like a school of 40,000. We've tried to get them involved in our youth program, mm-hmm. you know, paid them cash, come do a couple games, get them hooked onto the thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe I want to move up from seventh grade boys basketball. And um, so that, that has worked in some respects as far as trying to find young officials. We have had a hard time finding young female officials. Holy crud. Um, you know, just, there just aren't as many. I mean, I don't know. More getting into coaching, which is good. We just don't have that representation for the, on, the, on the girls' side. Um, at least I've noticed. Uh, so that's, that tends to be a hard thing, too. Um, okay. So uh, anything else on that? I've got other questions i got to ask, too. But um, that, that's, that's very intriguing to me. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, let's talk about let's talk about some of the stuff you sent me, um, Keith, about that cultural stuff. Is that stuff you're doing with your team? Is that what, some of that stuff with you know your effort and your attitudes and all of those kind of things that you're talking about? Yeah, we're, well, that's that's something that uh, before I got there, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. I think they the girls had three coaches in four years, was or something to that effect. So when I got there, my seniors who had had three coaches in four years looked at me like, you know, whatever, dude. Right. <laughs> and my juniors were almost kind of looking at me kind of sideways, like, you're not going to be here next year anyway. So, and so my sophomores and my freshmen, really, those are kind of, I wouldn't say they're my kids, but it was just a different, a different understanding and a different respect level between the girls that had so many coaches in the group and, and, and those girls who I was their first coach. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, I mean, I know when I took over my program, I was the only applicant. No one wanted it. They were, whole, but it's, it's a cultural. I mean, I think it's so important. You, you got to build that culture to, to, you know, to turn things around. You have to change. It's a mental, it's the mental attitude. It has I to mean, shift. the mindset and the yeah. mindset before that was, Hey, I'm a senior and I get to play. And some of the coaches I don't think were all in and they were just kind of, I'm not going to say they were there just for a check, but they just, their coaching philosophy and their coaching style was totally different than mine. 
Right. And so when I'm now playing the best player or someone that brings value to the court as a sophomore or freshman, and I have juniors and seniors sitting, then yeah, it just created, and, there were, and if I could tell myself two years ago, then I would definitely be more embrace those awkward conversations, those hard conversations. I'm telling you, so here's what I, I want to do from now on. I, you know, here's what I'll tell you something I do. I say, you want truth or you want harmony? Like when I talk to my kids, you want truth or you want harmony? And for an example, like truth would be, I'm going to tell you, you can't dribble with your left hand. Like that's right. truth. Harmony would be, you are the best dribbler in the world. You know, you are the best player ever. So every, almost every kid, when I say, do you want truth right now? Or you want harmony? You want, you know, and they'll all, they always come back with truth. They do. Um, but I said, do you want, you want to have that courageous conversation with you right now? Um, and you run a talented, what I tell parents is you run a talented gifted program for basketball players is what you do. And sing, you know, <laughs> in a small town like this or a small area, these girls have been playing since what Jason Kinneygarten. And, and, and so here's some of the, I shouldn't say that uniqueness of it is that one set of parents coached them kindergarten through fourth grade. And for whatever reason, they, they butted heads and another set of parents came in and coached them. And it's like, well, Hey, back in, back when those girls were in sixth grade, that's yep. was, was the best player. You know, it's just, so those kinds of things that you, you kind of run you, you know what I have found though, Keith, over time is, you know, first of all, you, you can't be rational with irrational people. And most parents are, when it comes to their kids are a little irrational. Okay. Um, we all are. I get it. I am too. Um, but the, the kids want honesty. Like the kids for the most part want honesty. Um, you know, they want to know where they stand. Parents, you know, sometimes don't always want that. Um, but you, uh, having those crazy, have over communicating, I think it's the key to most of, at least over my 30 years with, with parents and stuff is over communicating and solve most problems. Most it is. Yeah. And, and, and attacking those problems from day one. I mean, yes, like, you can't I'm avoid them. About, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about playing time at the parent meeting. And before, after our first, after tryouts and we pick the teams, that first player meeting is going to be, hey, I have five, five positions at eight minutes a quarter, X amount of minutes, divide those up into the twin and 12 girls that we have. Right. Like everybody, there's, there's not enough equal minutes. And secondly, <laughs> this is not red ball where I'm required to play everyone the same amount of time. I know. I know. That, that's where you kind of try to have the rational discussion. Like when I cut somebody and they don't think I should. So you honestly think that I'm going to spend five months of my year coaching in January in Wisconsin to, to, to not try to pick the best team that I, now we can agree or disagree. We can agree to disagree that maybe you would pick one team and I would pick another but I honestly think these are my best kids and these are the kids that are going to play. And, you know, I was like, really, you think I'm like, I'm sitting at home thinking about how you can get even with your daughter. Really? Like that's what I'm doing. Usually they can come around. What do you, for both of you, this question for both of you, what's the hardest part about your jobs, your coaching job, your officiating job, not your math job. Cause I know what's bad about that job. <laughs> go ahead, Jason, you go first. Um, I, I would say just, just letting coaches know that, you know, it, it's not us against you. It, you know, we're, we're here to, to help the game run smoothly. Um, you know, they're there to coach the game smoothly. We're there to officiate the game smoothly. Uh, 
prior prior interactions are you know it often might be said that uh, coaches think that you hold a grudge and I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I, I don't I don't hold a grudge against any any coach or any player or any team for for that matter. Um, you know, I go out and I I adjudicate the game as as it's played and you know you would just as a as a player I remember as a player in high school you adjust to the officiating as officials we try to adjust to how the level of play is um, if you've got a really really two not so skilled teams you're you know a, a travel might be a little bit of a sliding of a foot or a slipping of a foot versus if you've got two really really high skill you know we talk about AAU programs right you know those are the players who are on the next on the track to the next level. You, you're going to be very, very cut and dry as to what the rules are. Right, right. No, I agree. What about you, Keith? Uh, just the the change of the way it used to be to the way it is right now, as far as, as the program. Uh, and I think that we've come 180 as a, as a school, for, for me, and we're, we're headed in the right direction. So for me, that, that, that was just the, the hardest part of, of just, yeah, dealing with, with the old and trying to bring in the new. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so for both of you again, um, what is the hardest skill for you to teach a young official and for you to teach your players? What's the hardest skill to teach? I'm, I'm going to let Keith go first on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, okay. I got it. So our goal last year, and, and, and we've, we've become better, but our goal, I guess, and, and with our mind, two things that we're focused on is becoming physically and mentally tough. And I, and that's a skill set, right? Like it is a skill set. My girls weren't used to physicalness and they weren't mentally engaged all the time, or they kind of tapped out when things got hard. And that was kind of, my girls thought it was their right to play basketball instead of it being a privilege. And right. now we're changing that, that, that aspect of it. And when, and when you know that it's an opportunity that, that this could be your last time playing for whatever reason, then you play way better. And then another thing is the mindset of wanting to win as opposed to hating to lose. And you play totally different. And that's, that's one of the things my friend told me, my college roommate, when he watched the games. He's like, your girls want to win, but they don't hate to lose yet. And right. once that mindset of them hating to lose, then... It's, like, it, it, it's, it's that second level of competitiveness. Like, it's the reason we don't play Monopoly or games in our house, because we don't talk to each other for like three days afterwards. Right. No right. one wants to lose. Like, it's not nobody. that nobody wants to lose. Are you kidding me? Nothing. We could flip a coin in this house and no one would talk to each other. I could have some jacks with a, a red ball <laughs> and picking up threesies, right. and my daughter would say, hey, you hit that jack? And I'd be like, no, you got to no. I mean, this is a videotape. So, yeah, there's no My daughter, way. My, my wife and my son have played more Uno in this pandemic, and they're Lego addicts. Like, they taunt right. each other. It's like, oh, my God, it's a game of Uno, people. Like, seriously. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. What about you, Jason? What's what's a hard thing to teach? That that intrigues me from an official standpoint. Um, I, I would say there there's well there's several things because I think uh, players and former coaches think they know the rules, but they don't really know the rules. 
Um, I, I often talk to our younger officials and, and I, one of the first things I tell them is I said, you, you and kind of like we talked about at the beginning of this, of this podcast is you have to learn to dialogue. You have to learn how to talk to coaches, but you have to use rule speak. You have to talk within the rule book. You can try to confuse them as much as you want to, because you might, you might think that you're right and they're wrong. And, uh, but you, you have to use rule speak. You have to use things so that when they go back in the rule book, they can say, oh, that's what they meant. And I think the other, the other side of that too is, and very closely attached to it is, you're not always right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, you yeah. you have you have an angle. The coach has an angle. You're going to see plays different ways. Um, your interpretation of the rules might be a little bit different. Uh, and just being able to have the dialogue of of you might not be right, but it's one of those things also that you can't go past a coach every, every time up and down the court and say, yeah, coach, I missed that one. Coach, I missed right. that one. Yeah, I missed that one. That won't You're not work. going to be officiating very many games that won't very work. long. That won't work. But the, so, but yeah, the good so ones can, but the good ones can do that because they know they messed up and they're okay with it. Like I know my mess up coaching sometimes it's like, whatever, I'll tell my players I made a wrong call on that one. Um, you know, here's what, here's one thing. And I don't know how Keith feels, but I just look for a consistent whistle too. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it might change half to half. Now, right. do you guys have, do you guys have shot clock? No, no shot clock. Okay. Do you and you play quarters? Yeah. Quarters. Okay. Yeah, we play halves, which was a unique change, um, which I wasn't a hundred percent. I don't love change, but it's actually made me play more kids. Um, oh, okay. Because it's two, uh, it's two eighteen-minute halves. So I basically got four extra minutes. My best player can't go 36 minutes hard like i got it's like almost like a college game you know you got to rest them a little bit um so here's something here's my movement that this is what i want changed in the game of basketball i'm gonna see what i'm gonna see what jason thinks i think the jump ball should be we should get rid of the jump ball to start the basketball game okay so it's a and here's my reasoning why most of you aren't very good at tossing it because you don't do it very much (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's like you're not practicing. It's like when I played, you threw Absolutely. It so why don't we just give the visiting team the ball? Mm. Everywhere and everywhere. The visiting team gets the ball to start the game and alternating possession after that. Done. We're over. That like that see, that is a that's a, a very unique perspective. Um I do agree that some people are much better to toss than others. Um it's one of those things where if you're if you're lucky, you might do it twice a game, but right. really it's gonna be it's gonna be once. Right. Um, and so you there, do it, so you do it 30, 40 times a season. That's it, and that's if you're the one throwing it. Yes. Um, and there are the rare occasions where you might have to throw it multiple times and to start the game, just right. with whatever happens. Um, but it, that is a unique perspective. Um, I would say maybe going to a coin flip like they do for football or for soccer. Oh, that'd be interesting. I just, I, I understand where the, I understand where the toss came from because that's where the game originated, but the mm-hmm. game has changed. There used to not be a three point line too. Like I just, 
it's not, I just, I've seen so many over, and I think it's getting worse. Like the toss is getting worse over time. Cause well, it's a, it's a, it's a skill you don't practice. You, when right. you watch in, as, as officials, we watch film too. Right. So I'm, right. I'm going to, I'm going to say that right now that coaches watch film, players watch film, officials watch, not all officials, but if an official really wants to get better, you're going to watch film and you're going to break it down. Um, you're going to look for positioning, whistle tempo, um, all the things that are going to help you improve. But one of the things we don't look at is we don't look at our, we don't watch our toss. Right. Um, and we don't, we don't practice because really where, where else are you, where are you going to practice that? You can, you can read your rule book while you're, um, you know, you're laying in bed or maybe your buddy's driving in the car. You're reading, you're reading through your rule book. You're studying up on some things. You're on a, a, a two hour air f- uh, flight to Juno or right. whatever, or you're going to circle Kodiak for an hour. Right. So you, you get a chance to read your rule book. Um, so it is, it is a skill that is not widely practiced, but I think that as, as officials, we, we need to be masters of our craft. And one of the things about our craft is we have to be able to toss the ball well. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's one of those things I, you know, I personally think there should be one governing body to decide how to play the game of basketball too. It's like, there's like 18 different ways of doing it. It's like, let's just come up with one way and let's just, you know, but anyway, that's just my, that's, but I'm more, I really want the jump ball thing change. Cause I just, yeah. Now, Steve, do you have a shot clock in, in we Wisconsin? We do not. Um, it got, it, it got to the point where it almost passed and then the athletic directors got a hold of it. And I, I maybe had a little to do with it on Twitter and said, uh. um, <laughs> here's my issue with the shot clock. And I'm not pro. I mean, I've, I've talked to our state associate. I've talked anyway. Um, I don't really care because we'll adjust. Here's my issue with the shot clock is a couple things. First of all, it's actually a relatively thing, hard thing to run because I've tried to do it. It's not an easy thing to do. I think we could probably train somebody. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not, it's not and, and this isn't a reason not to do it. Costs and that, it's not a reason to do it. What I think makes high school basketball unique and, and different than the college and the, and the pro game is you can decide the style of game you want to play, and I can decide the style of game I want to play, and we can have a chess match with that. Um, if you watch college and NBA, they're all kind of the same pace, and they're all kind of the same game. Um, if you want to go 180 miles an hour and I want to have 16 possessions, I can do whatever I think I need to do to allow my team to win. That's my only reason I'm a kind of against it, I know it's probably coming at some point, um, but if you have a 25 or 30 second shot clock, I'm going to two, two, one press you and I'm going to take eight seconds off. And then right. I'm probably going to sit in a zone and then match up at the end and just try to, I, I think it's going to get very vanilla. And that's what I, why I haven't left high school basketball. It's, I love it. I just think you can go to a high school game anywhere in Wisconsin. You're going to see 85 different styles of basketball. Right. Um, and that's my worry with the shot clock. Um, I think now in the summer when your kids play AAU or, or travel ball, it's mixed or is it's it mixed? It's not as much as there's not as much shot clock down here as there is. It depends on the it depends on the tournaments. Obviously, the higher up you go, the the more they are. Um, I think the argument that it's getting them ready for college is a silly argument because most of them aren't going to play in college anyway. Um, I worry about the I worry about the teams that aren't very skilled too. <laughs> And then you get down to seven seconds in the shot clock. What it doesn't tend to be really good basketball at that point. 
Um, but I don't know. I think it's coming. I realize it's coming. Um, I'm probably sounding like the old man, get off, yell, get off my porch kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I realize it. Um, but I mean, if you have a hard time finding officials, you're going to, you're going to have to pay someone else to sit at the thing and I, public education is not overly funded. And at my, at this point, in my opinion, um, all right. Uh, let's see what else I got on my list here. Um, Oh, here, I got one for both of you. So you can both take this. This is a great, this is one of my favorite questions. All right, so I want you to take a coaching and or an official, I want you to take it a success or a failure that you think someone could learn from. Because I think you learn from successes. I think you learn just as much from failures in life, to be honest with you. Um, but is there something that in a coaching time or an official time that, someone that's listening could take away a golden nugget. I, the quote goes, I think you can't send a duck to Eagle school, right? <laughs> I think the quote is you can't make chicken soup out of chicken beef. Yeah, I think that's actual. We'll, we'll use yours because I don't want to get E rating, but yes. Oh, so I think I put student athletes in positions on the court that they just physically and mentally couldn't do. And, and, and in turn, we lost the game, and then that was a lesson for me. That that made yeah, that I that there were people that I wouldn't say unprepared, but they just didn't have the skill level or the the basketball IQ to be in that situation. Right, I've, and I've done that coaching wise. Like I haven't had them ready for a situation that occurred. Now it hasn't happened recently, but that I didn't have the right thing in the right people in the right spot. It was my fault, hundred percent my fault. Um, yes. I, but I learned, but I never did it again. Right. I one scorebook. It, I only made one scorebook problem in 32 years. It was like I was a freshman or sophomore coach. My second year, I put the wrong number. I've only made that mistake once. <laughs> once. I'm never, I'm, I told myself had that happened and the other team shooting a technical to start the game. I said, I will never do that again. I will never make that mistake again. It's uh, funny. I was a, uh, a C team, which is freshman, right, at, at South right. High, which is probably the richest high school in, in, in Alaska, period, right, whether private or whatever. And uh, had a sister on the team, and she might have been eight years old. And to keep her around, she used to put the – I used to let her put the numbers in the book, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, ref comes, is like, hey, uh, such and such wasn't in the book. And I look at her, and she looks at me, and she says, what? I was hungry, <laughs> right? <laughs> I had to go get my popcorn. For yeah, the- she was like, what do you want from me? I was hungry. And I'm like, well, okay, you're eight. You're right. So it was, so yeah, we just took that. Took that. <laughs> I could see you looking at an eight-year-old. Like, okay, you look over there and go, what was I thinking? Like, right, exactly. What was I thinking? <laughs> see, I was led into a false sense of comfort <laughs> with her doing it so long and doing it right that right. I never, ever checked an eight-year-old, right? Until she got hungry and was like, you know what? That might, that's a top 10 story there. I love that one. I've asked that question probably a hundred times. I love that answer. Like, so that, that was mine. Okay. You, you know, and just to kind of pigtail that for as far as officiating goes, um, you'd be surprised at how many coaches get upset at the person keeping the book about there being a wrong number, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, the coach, there's no way that a coach could have put a wrong number in, but it's usually not the head coach. It's an assistant or a third assistant or a, a manager. Um, and, and I've, I've, I wouldn't say near come to blows, but there's been some heated arguments about numbers not getting put in correctly 
until the scorekeeper and in Alaska, many of this, many of the referee associations also hired the, the table officials as well. Okay. So they're part of the same association. Um, until the scorekeeper who will always keep the roster will say, this is what you gave me. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's my fault. And, um, I, uh, I, I'm telling you, it is like, it is like cold. It is close to my, that, that I checked that book. No lie. 20 times every game. Like I'm sitting on the bench, I'm checking it. You know, I'm checking it with a previous game, you know, and then when tournament comes, if I move kids up, I literally walk in the locker room and go, okay, let me see your Jersey. Like, and I make them pull up their thing. Cause okay. it's like, it's my responsibility. It's me. It's Absolutely. no one else's. I if it's wrong when I turn it in, it's, it's going to fall on me. Like the puck stops here. Um, yes. Yeah. It, I don't. As, as far as success and failures, like you said, I think we learn more from our failures about what not to do. And I would say as an official, when, when you don't know a rule and you adjudicate it incorrectly, and I'm thinking more, not like the difference between what is a travel and what isn't a travel, but I'm thinking big layered plays. You've got right. a double foul and then all of a sudden the coach gets really angry and irate and he gets assessed a technical and then, you know, one of the fans jumps off the, the, the bench or whatever, and you have these, these huge layered plays and, and how to sort everything out and adjudicate that. I think the first time that you do it incorrectly and then you go back in the locker room and you look at the rule book and say, yeah, I messed that one up, you will never adjudicate that That's play. That's in the order that it occurs, that. isn't it? Is it in the order that it occurs? Yes. In, okay. high, in high school, that's one of the, the things that's really nice. We call it, the as a math term, order of operations. Right, it is the order of operations. So there's, there is a very, very specific order that we do things in. Um, I also officiate uh, NCAA, and there are some similarities to high school, and there are also some very, very big differences as well. And sometimes in those layered plays, it, it isn't how, in the order that they, they come, is if you've watched uh, for example, men's basketball. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.